Last week, I know many of you left just joyfully in love with your sweet preacher. Yes, Jesus confronts. He does. Jesus confronts. It is not about loving you where you are. It is about loving you where you are and not being willing to leave you there. Because none of us have finished the race. None of us have consistently kept the faith. None of us have lived without sin. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And if we go about our days and if we go about our lives and if we go through the motions of our banking and our studying and our working and our eating and our drinking and our playing and the lives that we live together and we do not reach for, strive for, long for an affective and effective change, we're doing it wrong. We're doing it wrong. Plain, simple. And so, because Jesus loves, because those I love, I rebuke and discipline, all right, Jesus speaks words into people that sometimes they do not want to hear. And last week, Jesus himself, with a goofy grin on his face, shows up, and because he's God, he knows exactly what is going on. He knows what's getting ready to happen. And, and these Pharisees have him there, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, and they are reclined at the table, and many have been invited to this place. And, and people are actually watching, because that's what you would do. People would stand outside the house and watch what was going on and listening, listen to the teaching that would go on inside. And Jesus told three stories. He said, well, got something to say to you, got something to say to you, got something to say to you, all right? He talked to the people who were invited, he talked to the guests, and he talked to the hosts. And basically what he said is, hey, 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 why y'all got all this legalism going on? There's a man right here, he needs to be healed. I know y'all don't want me to heal him because it's Sunday, but I'm gonna heal him. You know why? Because if y'all had a donkey that fell in a hole, you'd get that donkey out the hole. So isn't this guy worth more than that? And they didn't like that very much because he put them in a pickle, made them look bad. And then some of the people were giggling. He was like, no, 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 I got one for y'all too, right? He's like, why do y'all come in and then sit at the best place at the table? Because that's not how it really should, should be. It's going to be real embarrassing if you sit down next to the host and then the host says, <clears throat> that's for him. And you have to switch places because now you look really bad. Sit at the end of the table. And then if a host brings you up, you're going to look even better. A little humility. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. It seems like the Bible was written for this stuff. And then he says, and oh, by the way, Mr. Host, you're not getting off the hook either. You know why I'm here. I know why you're here. You want to test me and try me, but you also know that everybody's been following me. So having me in your house is going to bring a crowd. It's going to bring you a name. It's going to bring you something. And you know it and I know it. We have lunch with people. We have dinner with people. We schmooze people for our own good. We do it all the time. And Jesus says, why don't you invite people who can bring you nothing? Why don't you invite people that need you instead of people that you need? This is what really doing ministry and doing life is all about. All right? And he is, all this is done around the meeting, around the, the, the meal, right? 
and then he moves into a big story about a meal. And what we're going to have today is the religious people, the church people's response to when Jesus calls us out. How we respond when we know Jesus needs us, we know what we're supposed to do, but we genuinely just don't want to. All right? That is this story. When one of those at the table heard this, he said to Jesus, I'm sorry, I can't do this with a straight face. Jesus has called him out and it's like he doesn't even hear it. He's like, oh, that's nice. Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. You know what Jesus did right then? Don't. Really? Are you that self-righteous? That was a sweet sermon, Jesus. Thank you for that. I hope the sinners outside heard it. Blessed are those of us seated at the table with you. And Jesus... Jesus rolls his um, uh, theoretical sleeves up, right? Oh, you didn't get it. Let me tell you a story. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet. Listen, and invited many guests. Not one or two guests, not just a few guests. He said, roll it out. Let's have a feast. Now, if you're going to have a feast back in Jerusalem in that day, here's how it went down. You send out invitations and a time, right? You send out invitations, like a, a day, right? And then the servants that you send out then return to the master and they say, Master, you invited 200 people to the banquet. 175 of those people have accepted your invitation. Wonderful. I know exactly how many cattle need to be killed, exactly how much wheat needs to be turned into bread, exactly how much cone and green beans we're going to have, right? I know how much food to fix. Then... As you are preparing the food, the guests would spend the day getting ready for the feast, for the banquet. And the servants would go out and say, hey, the food is almost ready. The time is now, okay? And they would then leave their homes and they would come to the banquet. You got it? So the food's already been prepared. They've already accepted the invitation and said, I'll be there. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come, everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make, I wonder why we didn't yell that word out. Are you, are you feeling like, oh, we knew what you were going to say, or are you feeling like, oh, this is going to be an uncomfortable few minutes? All alike began to make The first one said, and I love this, guys. I, I, this is one of my favorite passages. This is Jesus is throwing down and he's having a ball. All right? This comedy hour right here. I have just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I 
have just bought a yoke of oxen, and I'm on the way to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. <laughs> I want you to think about what this sounded like to the master. So I bought food, I cooked food, and you, sir, your excuse is in the evening after the sun has gone down and it's time for dinner, I bought a field and I need to go see it. There's lots of things wrong with this sentence. First of all, what did you buy a field for? Well, I'd like to put a large garden and a big house with lots and lots of rooms. Maybe a big, big table with lots and lots of food. Anybody catching this? A big, big yard where we can play football. And the next line is a hoot and a holler. I must go and see. You've already bought it! What if it is this big? It's night. You can't see it anyway. You can't see it. You've already purchased it. What is it you think you're going to do? I would appreciate the stupidity to go away and some integrity to come near and you just to say, I don't want to come. You know how many times I want to say that to people who tell me they won't come to church? You know how many excuses we hear? Oh, you don't understand. We got to get ready for ball games. You don't understand. We got to get ready for recitals. You don't understand. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm super tired. You don't understand. I, I was there last week. You don't understand. It was raining and my back was killing me. You don't know. Fine. But you know what I'd rather hear? Hey, I, to be honest with you, I just, I just didn't want to be there. You know why? Because if you wanted to be here, you would. When you want to be somewhere, that's where you go. When you really, really, really want to be somewhere, I don't care how tired you are. I don't care how many things you got going on. You put a mark on your calendar and you say, this is where I'm going to be. But when Jesus says, hey, this is what I need from you. Well, I bought a field and I'm going to go see it. The next guy, is he smarter? Is he dumber? I don't know. But here's what this guy says. I just bought a yoke of oxen and I'm going to go try them out. Do you know what a yoke of oxen is? It is more than one oxen who are tied together, right? Now, these oxen are for his work. These oxen are going to bring in his income. These oxen are going to have a say in whether or not this man succeeds in his life or not. What if he bought one cross-eyed oxen and that oxen just turns and can't see and goes into the... Uh, what if he got one oxen with four legs and one oxen with no legs? What if he got a two-legged ox? Is that ox going to be any good? What if you got one short ox and one tall ox? They're just going to go around in circles because one ox has short legs. I understand this way. I know things. I just, 
I just bought a car and I'd like to go test drive. No! No! You know what Jesus wants to hear? I just don't want to do it. Don't give me excuses. Don't give Jesus excuses. Don't get the ma give the master excuses about all the things you think you want to say to make yourself feel better. Jesus says, simply say, I don't want to. Hey, you're going to be way better off if you, you ready? You're going to be way better off if you wait before, till, till, till marriage. But I've got, you don't understand. I've already been married. I, 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 I was in high, I've already, just say you don't want to. Say, I don't want to. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with Jesus. Be honest with the invitation that's been offered you. Ah, ha, ha. And you've already accepted. See, there's the kicker. We all want Jesus for what it gets us. But we want our own minds, hearts, desires for everything else. And when Jesus says, no, this is what you bought into. This is what I called you to me for. No, nah, it's all right. I'm not good with that. At least have the, <clears throat> to say, I just don't want to. Okay? This is not me, guys. First one, second one. <laughs> She won't let me. I, I remember the first, I do. I remember the first time I got married. I've been telling this story for years and it involves you. I, I've been telling this story in this sermon for years and this involves you, Lettingham. I remember the first time when Britt and I got married, Tim and I used to meet between Franklin and, 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 and Bardstown and play go golf in Cave City in a mountainside cow pasture. All right, and, and he would come up sometimes and I would go down there sometimes. So we'd play at the Bardstown Place in the middle and down at Kenny Perry in Franklin, right? Well, I remember the first week after I got married and it was golf day. And Tim calls me up, he says, what time are we meeting? I said something I'd never said before in our relationship. Hold on, I gotta ask. <laughs> it's a true story and he, he laughed at me, but he knew. He knew. I mean, he, he, he knew. You know, Pam been allowing or not allowing for years. I was just getting started, right? Do you know what the real deal here is, though? This is where Jesus confronts the excuses that are, are, are good. All right? I mean, I want you to think about really what these three things Jesus did are. All right? Work. Right? They are uh, uh, material things. Work things. And family things, material things, work things, family things, right? And you say, well, Craig, you don't understand. I'm, I'm supposed to be a support in my family. Absolutely you are. Craig, you don't understand. I'm supposed to support my child and, and what my child does. Yes, you are. Craig, I'm supposed to um, choose my husband, choose my children over everything else. Hmm. Hmm. Should the husband be incredibly important to the spouse? Absolutely. But there is one who is more important. Your priority should never be wife, favorite child, other children. Just kidding. God. Oh, somebody laughed. Must not have been kidding. All right. Y'all see what I'm saying? 
I have a great life because I have a great marriage because I put my wife first. I have a great marriage because I put my husband first. No, you don't. You have a great marriage because you put God first. All right. That's how you have a great marriage. Well, I'm a, I can be a better parent if I put my child first. Oh, Lord. No, 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 no. And no again. Do you understand that your child should be no higher than third? Do you understand that? Your child should be no higher than third. You remember those vows you took when you got married, forsaking all others? That meant your babies. I know some of you don't like that I just said that. Prove me wrong. God, spouse, children, everyone else, everything else. So this guy's feeling pretty good about himself. I'm putting my wife first. Well, you missed the, you missed the ball too. We say it over and over again in this church. He picked a good thing over a God thing. Oh, you can, you, can, you can pick great things over God things. And it happens all the time. All right? Because it's in the name of doing something for Jesus. Well, Martha, <clears throat> sometimes Jesus ain't asking for you to do anything. He just wants you to sit where he is. Right? So Jesus throws the gauntlet down. Oh, you didn't get my first story? Oh, you didn't get my second story? Oh, you didn't get my third story? How about this story? You say, well, Craig, that seems pretty, pretty rough. Jesus wouldn't get that rough. Hold on. The servant came back and reported to his master. Everybody's kind of coming up with their own reasons not to come on out tonight. The owner of the house became angry. It hurt his feelings, but he wasn't about to let this go down the way they thought it was going to go down. Go out quickly into the streets, into the alleys of the town. Bring the poor. Bring the crippled. Bring the blind. Bring the lame. Sir, what you have ordered has already been done. We knew what you would ask us to do. We've been trying. We're serving you. But we've gone everywhere. Here's what he says. Don't just stay in the city then. Go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. It wasn't until this week that I realized what this part was about. It is not just about the people who were invited not getting in, right? And breaking bread together as we started at the beginning of the story. There was going to be a banquet. Eating at the master's table all the way through the Bible is an allusion, all right, to being, uh, having the, the wealth of God, being part of the house of God, eating alongside God. I have gone to prepare a place for you that where I am you might be also. It is a reference to our being with our Father, us partaking of His kingdom, right? And He says, forget the people who want to fake it. Forget the people who say they're in and are not in. Go. But here's the kicker that I never knew. He was talking to the Jews, but He was about to play out, this is Luke, what's going to go down in Acts, right? When He says, you will be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem. And then if everybody won't listen, guess what? It's okay. You will be my witnesses in Judea. And if that doesn't work out, that's okay. In Samaria, where you don't like the people. And then to the ends of the world. It doesn't matter. Jew, Gentile, Protestant, Catholic. Go tell people that they are invited. And the ones who show up, that's who eats at my table. The called 
is for everyone who will answer. It is. The problem is, we have a lot of people who answer with their lips. And then when the time comes for the rubber to meet the road, when the time comes for us to put our money where our mouth is, when the time comes for God to say, here's what I need, no, I'm good. I just bought some ox. No, I'm good. Got a ball game. No, I'm good. I'm uh, working a little overtime. No, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm just tired. No, I'm good. My wife and I have a date tonight. Well, those are good things. But that's not what God asked. Max Lucado wrote a book. Uh, and, and, and what he did was it, was it was called The Great great House of God. And the whole idea behind the book is that there's a part of the Bible that, that, that in a part of our lives that can be um, symbolized by, by every room in the house. And he says, here's the biggest problem Christians have. Most of them don't mind giving up the kitchen and they don't mind giving up the living room. But they ain't about to let Jesus in their bedroom. They ain't about to let Jesus in their closet. They certainly ain't about to let Jesus in their attic. And Jesus is like, oh, so for all that I've done for you, part of you is good enough. This is why, this is why I can love you, but I'm not afraid to get on your case. I can love you, but I'm not afraid to get on your case. Why? Because you're worth more. You can be more and do more and there is more. And I can still talk to them because even though some of them love me and some of them don't, <laughs> they know that they're loved and they haven't gotten to be adults yet and don't think they know everything. Even though they do think they know everything, they'll figure it out. But some of you are already there. And you listen to me because maybe you like the way I preach. You listen to me because of the different perspective you get. You listen to me because you put up with me. But I'm not here for you to put up with. I'm here to say here's where you are and here's where you're supposed to be. And I'm just going to love you whether you choose to go there or not. But you're going to have to listen. Everybody who sat in my office knows that. I'm going to tell you. And then I'm going to let you choose. And that's what Jesus does. I'm going to tell you. I'm even going to come back and tell you it's time. And then you're going to have to choose. Excuses or reasons. If you all saw the little trailer that we put out, that was Preston's idea to kind of pre-set uh, the message up. I thought it was a great idea. So we did a little video trailer on Facebook. And I said right on my wall right now, I'm 28 days into 75 days of a mental toughness challenge. And on the bottom of the paper, it says, winners find reasons, losers make excuses. I gotta find a reason to get up at 5.45 when my body aches and I'm feeling 80 and I, I wanna feel 30. I got to find a reason to not eat some of the things that I want to eat. <laughs> I got to find a reason to, to, to go do two exercises. I got to find time in the day. I can make excuses or I can find reasons. Same with your faith. You can make excuses. You can find reasons. But I guarantee you this. There is one really, really good reason. And he will never leave you or forsake you. He will always be the same yesterday, today, and forever. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. 
This is firm. This is firm. Jesus says, you know what I want? You know what I really, 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 really want? I want people who want to come. I want people who want to listen. I want people who appreciate the food that is set out before them. I want people who understand how to count their blessings. I was reading a book on, on the treadmill this week uh, about chapter 3, chapter 4. It talked about a church that is grateful. And I know what that means, but after reading this chapter, I didn't know how much it meant. He was talking about the grateful church and what that looked like. And guys, I'm telling you, we have got to learn to be grateful because we have. You're like, well, there's all this I want. No, no, no. We have. We have so much. Even when we feel like the bills are, are high and even when we feel like we don't have the money and even when we feel like debt is climbing up, <laughs> it's not because we don't have. It's because we're stupid. Uh, listen, it's not because we don't have. Everyone in this room is in the top 3% of the richest people on the planet. Everybody in the room. You have. We, I include myself in this, are just stupid. We're greedy. We want. And we want. And we want. And this pastor was saying, if you are a wanter, gratefulness isn't flowing from you. You can be a wanter and find gratefulness. But what you should be is grateful and then know that your heavenly father knows exactly what you want and can't wait to bless you with it. But he's looking for grateful. 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 He's looking for the Job's. The good Lord gives and the good Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the heart Jesus wants. Do you want to sit at the table? It comes. It's, it's, it's a free invitation, but it does come with a cost. That's why Jesus asked us to count it. He says it's going to be hard. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Just in case those of you haven't heard me say this, that has nothing to do with ox. That has nothing to do with this yoke. I've heard people preach it for years. My yoke is easy and my burden is light has nothing to do with the yoke on an ox. It has everything to do with what a rabbi's list of teaching is called. Anybody know? A yoke. A rabbi's list of rules that his Talmud, Talmudim, his disciples would follow was called a yoke. And you choose your rabbi and in choosing your rabbi, you then choose the yoke which you are going to follow. Right? Just like when you choose NBC. We line out for you in the Coffee and Covenant. Here's what we think. You're a, you, you don't even need to be here if you don't buy into this. You can be here if you buy into this, but you don't have to. And here's all the things I'm going to preach. Agree or disagree, you're welcome here. But we're not going to argue about them. We can talk about them all day long, though. Whatever you want. You don't even have to like me for it. We, we lay it out. That would be our yoke, you know? Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Is that because Jesus doesn't require anything from us? No, that's because Jesus will walk with us and help us complete it. Jesus' yoke is not easier because he doesn't have a list. Jesus' yoke is easier because he made the list and he walks the list with all of his followers. You're not doing it alone. So just in case you never knew, now you do. He's asking for those ready to take the yoke and walk without excuse. He's asking 
if he's reason enough. Let's pray. God, thank you for challenging us. Thank you for continually calling us out. Thank you, God, that, that, that we've got to learn that that can happen. I thank you, God, that about five days ago in the kitchen, my wife said, then you need to deal with that. Straight up, Jesus, I'm thankful for it. She said, then you need to deal with that. You don't need to go back to church. You don't need to preach another sermon until you do. Wow. I did not like that very much, but God, I'm thankful for it. You know why? Because <laughs> I'm freer today because I dealt with it. I'm freer today because she forced my hand and made me handle it. I'm freer today because I was challenged when I didn't want to be. God, thank you for challenging us, even when we don't want to be. Now give us the courage to buy in to the fact that you know best, to buy into the fact that you have our best in mind and to buy into the fact that whether we want to let go of it or not, we should. Because you're a good, good father. And you want our best. God, help us find ways to sit at your table and break bread alongside you. Thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen.